This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. You're listening to the West AMY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. That incredible performance against Leicester made it two wins from two. The last time we started a season like that was back in 1997. The feel-good factor at West Ham is off the charts at the moment and we are absolutely loving it. Tonight we talk about the game, the atmosphere, Antonio's new record, Crystal Palace, the pre-match event, more about Pi Capital and X's change of fortunes in the Predictions League. Talking of X, as always, he gives us his roundup before we end the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, mate, you were lucky enough to be there last night. Yeah. Before we talk about the game, I want to talk about the stadium because, as you know, it's had a lot of bad press since we moved there. Mm. But when you see a game like that, submerged in that atmosphere, don't you think, I like it here? I'm not going to lie, mate. Yesterday, I think, was the most, um, the best game I think I've experienced at the stadium now. I know that sounds dramatic, but um, you know we've had some other big ones there, you know, beating Spurs, beating Chelsea, beating Manchester United. There's been other like iconic games in that stadium, but for that that one for me was the most special. I do believe the whole COVID and everyone being delighted to be back in the stadium possibly had some kind of impact on it, because I know I was. I was like, when I was walking, I was like, oh my God, it's good to actually be back and be doing something normal with people that, you know, that are going for the same reasons, etc. Etc. So it did, it could have been that factor, but it just felt so special. There was just this positive energy at the stadium and, mm. you know, the, the performance obviously helped with that, but the atmosphere just felt so, so good. And there was like times when it was, you know, really loud. Like I tried to catch some on my phone, but obviously when you're at the game and you just don't really, you're getting involved in it, and you don't want to kind of pull out your phone when you're halfway through it. But like, you know, the Antonio song when he, when he broke the record, you know, that was really loud. Bubbles. Um, uh, Saeed Ben Rama when he scored, you know, it was just the the chants were just like louder than I think I've ever heard at um, uh, the stadium before. And you know, I would say the atmosphere yesterday was on a par, perhaps not quite there yet, but on a par with some of the magical nights at Upton Park. I think had mm. it been a majorly significant game, like you know, an FA Cup quarterfinal or against Spurs, for example, then we would be remembering it up there. Those classic atmosphere games that we've had at um, uh, Upton Park, but it was not far behind that. I thought it felt really, really, really good yesterday. Oh, mate, honestly, I was watching it on telly like most fans were, and it was just, you felt it through the screen. It was unbelievable, and it was so good to see. But it does just go to show, though, X, that with a bit of effort on our part, 
we can make that place a fortress, can't we? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, as we've always said, and I, I did an interview with the Telegraph earlier, they were asking me all about this. Um, they said to me, why do you think it was like that? And I think it's because we've finally got a team that are there to be proud of. You know, yes, the fans, there's been a lot of toxic toxic behaviour in the stadium before, and sometimes there's been, you know, been a bit disjointed. And originally fans was kind of scattered around the stadium and everyone's sort of finding their feet a little bit now. But I think it all really really comes down to the performances and having a team that we that we love because the performance yesterday was just so right because it was the team that won at Newcastle so you already got a positive feeling for those players it was the it the, they started really well they were attacking they were playing good football they were really really um, like every player played to mm. the best of their ability and we've got a manager that just really seems to have just got West Ham you know he's just really understands what West Ham is about he's got them working hard for the badge he's got them respecting the badge he's created a good atmosphere amongst the amongst the squad he's signing the right players rather than just any player um he he's managing players man managing players very very well and I just think I, I the guy has done a phenomenal job at West mm. Ham phenomenal like you know the the team that played yesterday I genuinely love this team and I, I don't know if I'm being slightly overly dramatic here but I've had a season ticket I was working it out earlier for 32 years yeah apart from obviously the COVID season but I would have had one if it hadn't been for that um and I, I genuinely don't think we've had a better first eleven than this team. You know, it's, it rivals the Decanio era. You know, with with the young players coming through and Canute and stuff. But for for every player in that team, I would probably say this is the, maybe the best first eleven we've had. The problem we've got is that it's not the best squad we've had. Mm, yeah, I know, and that is a problem. And really, that's the only source of frustration I think fans have got at the moment. Mm. And again, it falls to the bold, and it. It's such a shame because, you know, like I said in the video last night on Patreon, if only, if only we can just pump that investment because now is the right time to bring those players into the squad in what is going to be our longest season for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, especially if we progress in all of the tournaments. Mm. Uh, we, we need bums on seats. We need people to come in for when Antonio's blowing out or debt gets suspended or, you know, Creswell gets injured. It, it, it's just madness. And I, again, I don't know if it's the Bald or Moyes or both, but it's a real sort of roller coaster with West Ham at the moment in this transfer window, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you're so frustrated that you haven't signed one single outfield player. But at the same time, we're producing phenomenal results. It's like your head don't really know where to go with it. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, we, we really, really um, need to... Well, Sorry, I just read a ridiculous tweet there. And we really, really need to um, like think about getting the right player in because you're so right. And this is why maybe Moise is taking his time because you look at that team that started yesterday, and I think you said it in your, your video yesterday as well, where would you say we desperately need a player? Yes, possibly centre-back, but then I thought Dawson and Ogbonna were superb yesterday. Mm. Um, and then you look through that starting eleven, and there isn't really a player that you'd say, yeah, they're not quite up to the standard, let, let, maybe move them on. Like I said, centre-back is probably the most obvious, but then they were the two of them were on fire yesterday. I thought, keeper, but you've already got a keeper in Ariola. Not that Fabianski did anything wrong yesterday, obviously, but you've already got a strong keeper waiting there. So really, like, what position are you looking at? You're looking at a player. You need another forward, 100%, because Antonio's hamstrings will go. But then you've got to make sure you get the right person, because at the moment, you can't drop Antonio. Antonio's the most informed forward in the in the top division, I would say. You know, mm. you, you, know we, you, can't, you can't buy. West Ham can't buy anyone that's going to come and take Antonio's place. They have to buy someone that's prepared to challenge him for his place um, and maybe start off as a sub and come in. Um, and that's the issue you've got. And you've also got that issue with attacking midfield now, because obviously there was the, we all want Lingard. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I would take Lingard back if the offer was there, like a shot. But who do you put him in for? You can't drop Ben Rama. At the moment, Ben Rama's on fire. You can't drop Fornells. You can't drop Bowen. 
So Lingard, effectively, you sign him from Manchester United, where he's sitting on the bench, and you're going to have to say to him, you're going to have to start on the bench at West Ham, because the first eleven is doing so well. And that, I guess, is part of the problem with the transfers, is that you've got to make sure you get the right person that's not going to kick off if they don't get in the team, and then they're going to be good enough to play in the team if a player does get injured or whatever. You've got to look at the Championship X. It seems like the most obvious solution for me, because... You know, you could always take a gamble for players from overseas. And obviously in the past, that's been up and down with West Ham. More recently, it's worked really well. But it is still a bit of a gamble. But at least in the championship, they are in the same country. And and the culture of this football is something that they've naturally adapted to because it, Mm. it is their culture. The question is, obviously, can they step up from the championship to the Premier League? But I think if you're looking at the top talent, if they come to the Premier League, that's natural progression for them, but I don't think they'll be demanding first team football. I think they'll be grateful for the opportunity, work hard, and then take that opportunity when it's presented to them rather than, you know, an out of favour player from a, a top four side who has an ego who demands to play week in, week out for his 150 grand a week. You know, you've only got to look at the acquisitions we've made, especially when you look at Bowen and Ben Rama. What signings they've been um, amazing. And I really do think you've got to look at the championship. I was envious of Southampton buying Armstrong. I think that would have been a great signing for West Ham. £15 million as well. And that's another point. If we're talking about a really tight budget this season, go and spend it in the lower leagues because you can. One thing that West Ham have got the luxury of having is power when you go into the championship. When you're trying to target top clubs around Europe or even the top four sides in the Premier League, chances are you're going to be a smaller club than them. And we're not going to be as appealing to the players if rival Premier League teams come in for them. But in the championship, you start throwing 10, 15 million pounds at some of their top performers, the club might reject it. But then what does that do to the player psychologically? Is he going to kick off because you're stopping a dream move to the Premier League? Is he going to, you know, not turn up for training and throw his toys out of pram? Probably. So then you could probably get yourself a real bargain by working that way. And I, I think that's the, that's what we've got to do. I really do. I think it's a combination of hungry, talented championship players and putting a bit more trust in their academy players. I yeah. think that's the only way we're going to make it work this season, to be honest. Yeah, quite possibly. Because I think there is there is the... like It's funny because Mark Lawrence said, I was going to say this in my section, but he, he's put a quote out. And like, this is what I've tried to explain to West Ham fans numerous times, that they just say that I just throw out loads and loads of um, target names and how many do we actually sign. And I understand the point, but the bottom line is that is what happens at West Ham. And Mark Lawrence has admitted that David Moyes, he spoke to David Moyes, and David Moyes told him that, that we've put loads of different offers in for loads of different players in loads of different positions. And that is what we do. We go, right, we want a centre-back. Right, here, let's find the 10 centre-backs that perhaps appeal that are possibly available. Let's speak to every single one of them. Let's see what deal we can get for them, which is best in terms of the transfer fee, the agent fee, the personal terms, the players' desire to come to us. And let's see what we can get. So we just take huge punts at the moment. We seem to sort of do it everywhere so we're looking at championship players then we're looking at French players then we're looking at Italian base players and like Italian like Serie A players I mean and, and it just kind of goes like that and and that is what our recruitment strategy is and, and I think it's difficult because like Sullivan as you know likes to take from various agents and takes bargains and stuff and then Moyes is very particular in what he wants for his players. And, you know, he saw that at previous clubs. He was very, I want this player. Um, And then he would be very particular. So it's it's interesting. Like, I got an agent, and this often happens, right? But this gives, this sums up a bit about West Ham financial um, strategies and stuff. I got an agent, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure I can say the, the name of the player. I've got, the problem is I just can't actually remember the name of the player. So <laughs> I, I just got, let me just quickly scroll, scroll through if I can find <laughs> it. But um, yeah, basically, um, yeah, that was it, right? So I um, I, I got an agent approach me, and he had his, uh, had his player um, that he was really 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 good apparently and um and he uh 
And I and he, the agent said to me, "Can you give it to David Sullivan and just see what what um, whether he'd be interested?" And the player's name was um, where is it? He plays for Atlético Mineiro in Brazil. Is available for eight million, and the player's name is um, Jefferson Savarino. Now, obviously, I've never heard of him, <laughs> and I did look him up to check. This is all legit, obviously, and he is he's like a Venezuelan right winger and something like that, and he's apparently doing quite well in the Copa Libertadores whatever it's called, which I think is the equivalent of the South American Champions League. And and he's doing really well. But I sent it to David um, Sullivan via someone else. And David Sullivan just wrote back and said um, uh, the manager would never buy directly from Brazil. Whereas how many times <laughs> have we have we done that in the past with David Sullivan? So you can see that their sort of ideas on, on recruitment are very, very different. Um, mm. But yeah, we've, we've got to get it right because like you said, it's not just the ability on the pitch. We've got to get the right character, the mm. right character. It's just because the team spirit is so good at the moment and the team are playing like a team and they're so, it feels so right. It's a team to be proud of. You do not want to bring in a character that is is going to unsettle them with that. You know, I don't think, I'm not saying Jack Wilshire was particularly awful. I think he was some, in some respects, he was probably quite good for team spirit, but you know, towards the end, he was getting frustrated that he wasn't ever getting picked. He thought he was good enough and he should have been picked and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I think that there's no surprise that they cut his, his spell short because I thought mm. let's get rid of these players that are causing us issues and let's get in players like Shafal who I fucking love that fella man like seriously yeah. he he is just such a such a, an epitome of what I like in a footballer just mm. no nonsense does his job gets stuck in works hard the whole game good in his position no frills just oh, I love that man and and that's what we need to get players with that character yeah I couldn't I couldn't agree more everyone was brilliant last night like you said and we have got such an incredible team spirit at West Ham everyone plays for each other they like each other they know what's expected of them they're physically fit well organized it's just a joy to watch and you know what the last time I saw a side with something this special outside the top four it was Leicester Mm, I thought that when they won the league and and listen (laughs) I'm not saying we're going to win the league but if we can consistently perform like that and bolster the squad, I tell you, we're going to be up there. A hundred percent, mate, because you go through every position. It's so crucial at the moment is injuries. I know it's always the case at West Ham, but when Leicester won the league, they were very, very lucky in the they sense were. that they didn't get many injuries. And this is what we've got to hope for, because if you go through that squad man for man, right, it's very hard to see what you'd improve. You know, Fabianski, I've always said that. I've got a few question marks over, but you've got Ariola, so that's that's sorted. You don't need to worry about that now. Left back, you could possibly say, obviously, Chris was getting a bit old, but I think he's been very consistent for the last season and a bit now, so I wouldn't necessarily want to replace him. Yes, you could probably get a top, top quality centre-back, and if that's Zuma, I think Zuma adds to that back line. So, yes, you could probably have Zuma alongside Ogbonna, which is harsh on Dawson, 100%, but you could think about it. You don't get a better right-back than Shafal. You don't get a better defensive midfielder than Declan. Suchek, you don't get a better sort of box-to-box danger man type from midfield. At the moment, the free Bowen Lingard and Ben Rama are playing so well that, you, you know, you can probably get slightly technically better than those players, but you don't know for certain they're going to contribute in that way. And at the moment, Antonio's the, the man of the moment, you know, like mm. you, it's very hard to improve that starting 11. So if they can improve, if they can play how they've been playing and, and listen, we got, we got what, Crystal Palace this Saturday, haven't we? Yeah. And then we've got is it Southampton after that? Um, so, you know, we could easily beat Crystal Palace, beat Southampton. We got 12 points from the first four games. Yeah. Uh, never happens at West Ham. <laughs> I know. It really I know. doesn't. A difficult question, this, but who were your standout performers from that incredible team performance? <laughs> very, very hard um, because I think so many of them played well. Um, I think Ben Rama was amazing. I thought, mm. yeah, I, I think he's such a threat. He's my sort of player again because he's exciting to watch he's skillful he um he's dangerous uh he like is enthusiastic to take people on and tries the odd skill and stuff i think for now's as um doing brilliantly as well he's contributed to so
so many goals in the last couple of seasons that mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, his role has probably been underestimated. Mm-hmm. I thought whilst Bowen didn't set the world alight in terms of goals and assists, his work rate was there. Phenomenal. They balanced, balanced out the team. You're then you're looking at your centre-backs. I thought both of them played very, very well, particularly Dawson, in fact, I would say. Um, and then Declan's just the... the oh, I'm sorry, Antonio. So Declan's the centre-part where you just... He, again, he didn't get mad at the match yesterday. I don't know who did. I'm assuming Antonio, I guess, as he got two goals, or Ben Rama. Um, I haven't checked ours. In fact, I think Ben Rama was the leading on our um, one when I last looked. Um, I'll check in a bit. But um, Declan, Declan was a 9 out of 10 performance, but it won't get noticed. And this is what I said, because he's just so consistent. And what he does is just, he does it so simply that people don't, sort of realise how good it is I'm obviously set up a goal as well Mm. I've got um, just on Declan X I've got some stats courtesy of Dan Wuffenden on Dex performance last night 95.5% passing accuracy Mm. 82 touches 21 final third passes attempted 20 completed 8 long passes attempted 7 completed 7 ball recoveries 3 out of 4 tackles won 3 interceptions Two clearances and a partridge. <laughs> but he's the real deal, mate. Isn't he? Oh, mate, he's world class, hundred percent. There's no question about it. Now, and the bottom line is, he's 22. You know, oh, no, he's frightening. Your, frightening. Peak, your peak is 26 to 29. He's got another four or five years before he's even at that. The guy gets better and better every season, and, and he is he is world class. Um, he is, I think. I mean, I'm going to go as far as to say, in terms of ability in their position, uh, arguably the best player we've ever had since I've been going. Uh, and I know that's a big statement when we've had the likes of Decanio and Rio. And, you know, I've had my season since 1991. So you can name any player post that in this. I think he's, he's right up there. You know, we haven't had an England regular uh, that's so important to England at West Ham since I've been going. Mm. We've had players that played for England. You know, Rio played the odd game. You know, Sinclair played games for England and stuff. You know, but we've never had that consistent player for England um, or their country that's of the standard of it, England. Um, and uh, so I think he's right up there. And then Antonio is just a man of the moment. He's, 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 I, I just don't understand. It sounds like a weird thing to say, but how someone so technically. <laughs> like average can be so good like you know what i mean like yeah. he's like sometimes i think what the fuck are you doing like you know and he's and his controls all over the place these shootings off at times but then that goal the one where he turned on it and just smacked it in it was just such a good finish it's you know pe- people won't talk about it as in a top top goal but it's a brilliant finish um mm. and um uh, and uh, yeah, mate, I think that's it, really. I can't. The only positions that like if I if I was to be given two hundred million and told you have to improve the squad, I think I'm going to look at goalkeeper, which I think's already been done. Uh, possibly, like I said, a centre back, possibly a left back, possibly, but even that's really really harsh. And like you know, maybe. And again, I, I'm looking at the subs bench. I'm not looking to improve the first team. My only concern, X, is the average age of the squad. Yes. I and mean, we have to start looking at the future now, I think. Yes. That's yes. where my 200 million would go. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think we need like Ogbonna, Dawson, Cresswell, uh, Fabianski, Antonio, you know, Noble. They're all in their 30s now. Mm. So, yeah, there's going to be a, a large core um, um, that aren't, um, aren't going to be there much longer. Mm. Well, all the boys were just brilliant, and it's just such a buzz. Uh, what a time to be alive as a West Ham fan. But, of course, the night did belong to Mikel Antonio, who is now officially our all-time Premier League top scorer. What an achievement, X. Yeah, mate, it's, it, it makes it... It makes him a borderline legend in my eyes, because, like, you know, I know legends are term thrown around, but... 
since since he's joined the club, he's brought so much. You know, he's played at right back, right wing, up front, and it's recent seasons that he's really excelled. Like he started off brilliant, then there was that one season where we were thinking, yeah, maybe we should sell him, and he looked a bit overweight, and then he lost interest a bit, and then he's got it right back, and now he's the man of the moment. I love the atmosphere he brings to the to, to things. You know, the celebrations and the constant smiling, and you know, crashing his was it his Lamborghini. In a snowman outfit, you know that <laughs> that sort of stuff's just like that's just like West Ham, isn't it? We need that kind of like almost quirkiness, and he's and he's got it. And, and mate, like you know, he, if he he carries on like this, he's a contender for top scorer. I know I'm getting carried away here, but if he doesn't get injured, he's already got three goals. And this is on the back of a hot scoring streak last year as well. Oh, mate. Uh, yeah, I, I love him. I absolutely love him. I love him as a bloke as well. What did you make of the celebration? It was. Just, I couldn't really see what was going on because I'm right. <laughs> I'm right opposite it, so I could see him holding up a like a cardboard cutout. But where he was holding it up, it was white to us because obviously it was the back of the cardboard cutout. He hadn't got a picture of him on either side, so I could just <laughs> almost like see him holding up this like just this like random cut out of a body and we were like what the hell was he doing but like obviously you can see what it what it was now on the replay and yeah it's just him isn't it I mean who would have thought to a celebration like that it's so funny you know I don't know if you saw the post-match interview with him because you might have been traveling back or you might have watched it on a recording have you seen it It, it's really funny (laughs) because they're interviewing him it was Neville Carragher and the fella that presents the uh, um, you know the, the Sky Sports coverage and they're talking to him and they asked him about the celebration and was having a laugh about it. And then Mickey asked them if they knew the relevance of it. And they were instantly so uncomfortable that he'd asked them that, right? And they said, uh, uh, what, uh, Joe Carragher said, uh, well, maybe you haven't been kissed in a while or something like that. And I thought that was going to be it. Yeah. And then Mickey said, um, he said, uh, no, no, it's um, from Save the Last Dance, right? Right. So he's got the name of the film wrong. Yeah, it's Dirty Dancing. That's right, yeah. And what was funny, the three people interviewed him went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously none of them knew what the fuck he was talking about because <laughs> no, he's got the name of the film wrong. But it's one of those moments. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you find yourself in this, but I always do. Like <laughs> when you kind of, you meet people that you don't really know that well and like, yeah. they sort of say to you, oh, do you remember this bit? And Or do you remember when this player did this? In your head, you're thinking, I don't remember it or that's not what happened. But because you don't know them, well enough you can't challenge it <laughs> I remember one. I remember once I had a train journey it was so painful I had a train journey from about Woodford all the way to <clears throat> somewhere central let's go Oxford Circus and this guy was telling me about like he was a West Ham fan apparently and he was telling me about certain players that he really rated and how good they were and like he, he listed players that didn't even play for us anymore I remember like it was a, it was about two years after they'd left as well and he was saying things like oh this season's let's just say it's the Cadio this season's a big one for Paolo if he can keep his form up you know it'd be really important for us particularly now that we're in the championship I'm like, Paolo plays for Charlton. And at first I corrected him <laughs> a couple of times. Then by the end of it, I can't keep correcting the fella. So you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do, I do think he needs to be good in goal this year. I really do. You know, like, you, know you just go along with me because you don't want to argue. But... Yeah, I know. Those awkward moments. And I, yeah. I think everyone can relate to them, actually. Yeah, exactly. But that's two wins from two. And that's the first time we've started a season like that since 1997 that is incredible um and the thing is x you've got a fanciest to make it three out of three against palace on saturday didn't you was that 1997 when I just, I've not heard that stat before. I've just got a funny feeling. Was it when we beat Barnsley and then beat Spurs or something? Oh, or I, d- I don't know. I'd like to look out what the results were. I can't mm. remember now. But Incredible got... stat though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Sorry, I was listening to that stat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that you, you've got a fanciest to make it three out of three against Palace on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I think so. Well, Palace have started poorly as well. So it's a good time to play them. The confidence is on our side. You, you've got to pick the same team, 100% yes. pick the same team. Yeah. And you just say to them, look, carry on from what you did against Leicester. I mean, we absolutely battered Leicester, mate. You know, mm. what What annoyed me was that people say, oh, sending off helps and Leicester weren't on form. No, we destroyed them. We beat mm. the, uh, the fifth best team in the Premier League last year. We beat them convincingly because we played so well. 
if we beat them do, twice last year as well. Exactly. If we can do that against um, play even even three quarters of the um, like as well as we did against um, Leicester, then we will beat Palace. And we're just going to mm-hmm. go same team, say to them, right, out you go. Antonio's going to be buzzing. You know, he will score against Palace shortly. He's going to be buzzing. Ben Rama's going to be buzzing. You know, I hate Crystal Palace as well. I don't know why. They're mm. one of those teams that I've got a bit of a, an irrational dislike to. Like, yeah. I like their... He, uh, see, when I first started liking football, 1990, I think it was, they were in the cup final, weren't they, against Man United? Mm. You know, Ian Wright scored, Mark Bright. I used to have a... I used to quite like them, but then with the development of sort of social media I don't know what it is about their fans but they just ride the crap out of me and the fact they beat us in the playoff final as well um, mm-hmm. so yeah so that I've almost got a bit of a dislike for them so yeah it'd be really really good to beat Palace I really really hope we do and then we'll be sitting right up there you know and it's really what's also important to say is that we'll be sitting there on Saturday hopefully at the top of the league still let's say we win 3-0 there's still two days left in the transfer window. Mm. You know, that that potentially potentially could push a player over the line if they look at West Ham and think, "Wow, they're flying! I want to be a part of this." Where, where you know, say a player, say we have beaten Palace three 0 Palace are at bottom of the league or whatever. We're at the top, and wages are the same. And I mean, it should be West Ham anyway because we're a bigger club than Palace. But let's just say they've got some doubt. You're gonna look at West Ham and think they're flying. I'm, I want a piece of this. Mm, definitely, so mate. So it's really good for that purpose as well yeah it is but no I fancy it you've got to fancy it against Palace I mean a new manager who I'm not convinced about by the That's way it's a random appointment it is one. isn't it it yeah. is yeah it is Um oh yeah I mean I'd have gone for someone a bit more stable during an unstable time for them I mean I think they had 10 players leaving the summer so they're in yeah. a rebuilding process tough season for them I think they're going to struggle and good fuck them um, I don't like Palace either <laughs> same yeah same <laughs> but I do like the West Ham way pre-match event, which returns on Saturday before the game. How do you feel about that? Buzzing, mate, loving life. It's, it's good to be back as someone I shouldn't quote once said. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, really, Might play that one on Saturday. Yeah, it really, it really, it really, it really is though, because um, I, like, it, like football, and West Ham and going to West Ham and going to the events and stuff is such a, a huge part of my life. Now, this last year or so, two years has been shit for me. Now, I, I, I haven't had it as shit as some people, but I've had it shit. And I've, you know, because you're a good mate of mine, I'm not yeah. going to harp on about it. But one day, one day I will come on to Twitter, I will, or, or somewhere, and I will reveal the sort of shit I've been through this year just to maybe see if I can get some of those twats that take swipes all the time time just to think oh okay maybe it was a bit harsh I'm not gonna do it now because it's not we're not out the woods yet but I've had a I've had a shit year and the good thing is that about getting all this football back is that this reminds me of what it was like before all of this and and it feels what my life should be because that's what my life has been since the age of nine I've had a season ticket and I've had um I've had uh you know gone to the games you know I saw my dad at the game yesterday I haven't seen my dad properly very much at all really for the last couple of years but now we'll see each other at least fortnightly so that was good I met up with my mates before the game yesterday met up with Vince and uh, Marco and Kev and Matthew and Simon shout out to all of you guys um, and uh, uh, Marcus Johns actually who was down as well so it was great to see the big man yesterday and I know he's a listener to the podcast so shout out to you as well um, yeah. and it was yeah it just felt so good to have to have that back and the pre-match events is such a part of my life now and I yeah can't wait mate can't wait and what a guest what a guest to have Tony Cotty couldn't be a more um topical um former player to have and we've got him and let's 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 go let's go about this pie let's get some answers out of him yeah what a time what a time and and to be fair to Tony um you know, he's very open about it as well. He'd be happy to take the question. So I'm looking yeah. forward to see what other people are going to ask him. I think it's going to be really interesting, actually. It's going to be a great so, q and I'm going to um, try and film a bit and get it on the Patreon as yes, well. Yes, yeah, yeah. We will try and work something out in that respect. I mean, we are very busy on the day, but if we can try and get some footage uh, to put on Patreon, I think that would be uh, good content. Yeah. Um, it's going to be great. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing all the old faces, seeing some new ones, of course. Um, yeah. But... 
I mean, with Tony, it's just it's just going to be great. Like I say, what a time to have him. But oh, this event, this event is a sellout, and we will announce the confirmed list of patrons paying on the door later in the week. So if your name isn't on the list, please don't come because we literally can't fit you in. Mm-hmm. Talking of Tony, what did you think of what he said in relation to Pi Capital in our interview this week? Um, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to ask that, so I've only li- so I've only listened to a little bit of it. Um, so oh, I'm thanks, gonna- mate. <laughs> yeah, I-, I did listen to the first sort of five-ish minutes, which is pretty much half of it, wasn't it? So yeah, and it, it, he 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 speaks well, and I think I felt a bit more reassured when spoken when he spoke because he talks about you know the, the things we wanted to hear and. I kind of trust him. I don't know if I'm if it's misplaced trust or not, but I try. I trust him to to make the right decisions for the club. You know, he is a West Ham fan. You did ask him whether he'd been paid for it, which I think was important because you know anyone can promote anything if you're getting a, a good whack to promote it, can't you? You know, we we were promoting like uh, chopping mm. your pubic hair off for a little. You know? <laughs> so you can, you can promote yeah. anything really. Um, yeah. So he. He needed to um he needed to be convinced in that interview. And I think I think he was. I still still have too many questions that aren't answered. There's too much in my mind of uncertainty. There's almost too much talking. We need to just stop the PR and and I hate to say this because it's not, you know cutting one's nose off is that the phrase? No, cutting off the hand, face. Yeah, yeah, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, um, I'm not Shakespeare, so let's move on. And the thing, <laughs> I think, I think the thing is, like, yes, it's lovely for us because we're getting these interviews and you know we've I've spoke to Pi Capital quite a bit. They they really want to work with us going forward. That will piss the haters off, but sod it. <laughs> it's because you know we've worked hard to get into this position. Hence why David Gold wants to come on as well. So fuck you guys basically they want to work with us and and that's really really exciting but I, and i want to hear from them they said they'll come on the podcast they said they'll keep in touch and stuff but i don't like want that if it's superficial you know I, and i want to know that they're right for the club because otherwise they might as well not bother because it's distru- it, it is disrupting you know it is it isn't necessary unless they're serious so they've got to start being serious now and i'm not going to sit here saying right you need to get Sullivan and Gold out now. We need to get these boys in if I don't understand what they're going to do because, you know, as much as people may dislike Gold or Sullivan, there's no point getting rid of one load of owners that you don't like and getting another load of owners you don't like because yeah. you're, in, you're back to the square one. And this is continuously what's happened throughout West Ham's history. You know, ever since I've been going, as I said, 32 years, I think my second season was the bond protests, you know, and I we got relegated that year. And every year, Terence Brown, you know, when the Iceland so they all crashed then you know I, we've always wanted new owners so for once we've got to get it right and we've got the potential to get the right owners we yes we don't own our stadium but we've got a 99 year lease on it or whatever and we can own it eventually i'm sure uh, 60 grand 60k stadium you know a european side a side based in london a team that's doing well a, a manager that's doing well so we should be able to get a good investor so let's let's make sure that pie capital are the right people before we start do you know what i, I find the whole thing incredible from pie actually because i think we've said previously you know launching a bid to buy west ham where you're looking to buy out the most hated owners in football couldn't be any easier no, when it comes exactly. to getting the fans on side. <laughs> yeah. But in an incredible turn of events, the way they've handled everything so far, and the fact that West Ham are doing so well, actually, I think, as people siding with GSB, I know. <laughs> and I they don't see- even like them and don't even want them here. That, that's how bad a job they've done. And actually, again, when you look at how well we're doing, I think they're actually perceived as a bit of a pain in the arse at the moment, Pi. It's incredible how it's transpired, isn't it? Well, mate, I put that poll on, I admit it was before the Cotty interview, but I put a poll on, do you want, are you impressed with them? And it was like with Pi, and it was one of the most negative um, responses ever, you know? And I do think if you was to put, who would you rather have, GSB or, or them? At the moment, I think GSB would win, especially after... 
after the result of the weekend because at least we know that whilst you know many fans may dislike them and they're not invested in the squad at the moment and things like that you've still got a team that are really challenging whereas you get these guys in who knows what they're going to do to the club you know people say GSB are asset strippers you know this lot might come in and sell Deck and Rice and Suchek and Antonio tomorrow well especially yeah. when one of the faces of this consortium are constantly encouraging us to do exactly well, that to Man United that the first thing that Pi needs to do is say to Rio, look, you're either with us or you're not. Fucking yeah. stop stop doing that. Stop talking about Declan Rice going to Manchester United. And can you try and talk about West Ham a little bit more than Manchester United or fuck off, basically? Because <laughs> the thing, the, the yeah, thing is, you've got, you got Anton Ferdinand there. He's f- fine. He, I've already said, I'm not sure how significant Anton is. Bless him. And I hate saying that. But you, you know, you've already made my feelings on that. But you've got Tony Cotty in there. You've got a significant figure that head there. You, there's Others that if that if Pi want to look out there and via Tony they could get in. You know Tony's good mates with Tony Gale, for example. He'd be a good one. Alvin Martin, you know people like that. Phil Parks, someone like that to get in and and go alongside him and to to really promote West Ham could really really help Pi. I think they've gone for Rio because obviously come through the academy, his stature in the game, the fact that he's a pundit and still massively respected in the football world. They thought that. Rio Ferdinand was almost like the coup because they were signing him. Almost well, they like did cover that. They, he covered that in the interview. Oh, did he? he, never he fucking listened to. So, sorry. Um, he... Part of the strategy, um, we are looking to increase brand awareness globally. Okay. And looking at Rio's global following, they see him as a man that can attract that and, okay. and utilise his reputation globally. Well, then that's, yeah, that's what they obviously did then. But at the same time, there's no point having someone doing that that's not talking about the same club. Exactly. Like it's always doing at the moment. It's <laughs> promoting Manchester United. So yeah. it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, they need to rein him in. And, and listen, at the end of the day, you don't buy a football club through <laughs> social media platforms and through, through having ex-players say they like you you buy a football club through going through lawyers solicitors um accountants auditors the premier league the fa whatever you go through the right channels and you get the job done it's very very strange strategy and also very typical of anything to do with West Ham and this is a very unique situation where potential buyers of the club seem to be almost like talking to fans and and to various people that will listen as if they already have bought the club you know, mm, like mm. they're talking to us and getting everyone on side, but they haven't even bought the club yet. So we could we we could be talking about Pie Capital in a year's time as absolute nobodies or as owners of another football club. And what a, what a waste of time that would have been. Just if you're going to buy West Ham, just get in there and do that. I think the second bid is coming soon. I mean, I, I have got... Quite, I see it's a bit weird, but I feel a bit two-faced because obviously I know people in Pie Capital and they've been very good with working with us. And one of my sort of best sources and close mates and someone that I probably respect as much as anyone in the West Ham world um, believes that this that, that, that they're good and that, that, that this is good for the club. So I feel a bit two-faced because at the moment I'm not seeing it. Um, so I want them to convince me that they are the right thing, the right right deal. Well, what worried me more than anything in that interview, is that Tony was talking about um, increasing brand awareness and, and, and finding different avenues to bring revenue into the club. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. But where it got alarming for me is that that seemed quite dependent on spending money on players. Right. So if that strategy doesn't work, where's the money going to come from for players? And actually, in hindsight, I probably should have asked him that. Um, but that was a concern for me. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Tony has given him more credibility. They needed someone. Oh, 100%. They needed someone like him from the start of this public campaign. And I think it's it's wrong that there is a public campaign for the record, but there is. Um, and I know the specifics of what they're trying to achieve is still a mystery because of NDAs in place, which is fair enough. But for the first time, I got quite excited about Pi. I mean, Tony's enthusiasm definitely rubs off on you without a shadow of a doubt. Am I convinced? No. I mean, far from it, if I'm honest. But I'm interested to see how this unfolds. And do you know what? Whether there is a job waiting for Tony or not, 
there's no way he would sacrifice his reputation by hoodwinking the fans into something he didn't believe in. Yes. Same with Anton and Rio, I think. So I, this isn't a case of just paying people to say what you want to be said. I think Tony's genuinely gone in there and he believes in what they want to do. It's just red flags left, right and centre at the moment. I mean, if you're if you're kind of hinging your strategy on a marketing and PR campaign to bring revenue into the club and raise the awareness of the club on a global scale, if you look at the, the short history of that marketing campaign and PR ability with the fans so far, it's a fucking car crash. I think people will be put off West Ham. So I'd like to think that they'd get, you know, experts involved that would, that would know best how to do that rather than just take orders from people that clearly don't know how to do it. Um, and like I say, if that strategy doesn't work as well as it should do, I can't see how they're going to be spending any more money than GSBR, which is a concern. No, and, and do you know what worries me a little bit as well with like consortiums is that consortiums are a combination of people that are put together. Like, so that's what a definition of a consortium is. So it's mm. a group of different people. Now, to me, that, that concerns me because I think to myself, well, you know, who are these people? Firstly, at the moment, they're all a bit like faceless. You know, we've had Philip Beard, who incidentally started following me on Twitter, but won't reply to any of the DMs I send him. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so God knows what that's about. But uh, yeah, he started following me. And then I've got um, Pie Capital, although they do reply and stuff. Um, but like he, um, you've got him, you've got, like you said, the Fernando Brothers, you've got um, Cotty, all these spokesmen but you actually want to know who the, the main people are behind this because, you know, there's no point sort of hearing from these guys if they're just talking on behalf of someone else. Who are these financial big hitters that we got in? Because if you've got, you know, say one of them is a businessman from, I don't know, America, another's a businessman from Asia somewhere, another one's a, 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 a London-based businessman, who is gonna, who is going to have the ultimate say? You know, who mm. leads it? Is it this Philip Beard person who will speak for them, but then he'll be speaking on behalf of others whose money it is? Where's this money coming from? Is it stable? You know, we had this with the Icelandics. We thought, bloody hell, we've got one of the world's richest men involved in our football club. Now, here we go. And then the whole Icelandic banks collapsed, didn't it? And, yeah. um, and the biscuit trade and everything else. And, uh, Crumble. Crum- oh, that was my line. <laughs> that was my line. And uh, yeah, and it was, um, and it, and so we don't want to get carried away of ourselves. I can't buy into something till I fully understand it. And and what I hope will happen is like when West Ham were bought before, there was three players, wasn't there? There was um, obviously Golden Sullivan. There was Fernandez at QPR. And I, from memory, it was someone that might have bought Watford, some Italian guy, um, I think as well. And um, and so uh, hopefully what this might do with Pi Capital is bring out some proper people that are proper interested in, in, in buying the club and, you know, let, and let's, let's get to work and, and do it properly um, or just go away. Just go away and let mm. us get on with things as we are. You know, even mm. do do it or don't do it, but just stop talking about it because it's a bit of a distraction. Um, yeah. And I, whilst it doesn't appear to, because it looks like we're going to sign players soon, as in before the window closes, it could have been used as an excuse for us not to sign anyone. Mm. And, I, and, and that doesn't help anyone. No, you know, it doesn't. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to sell your house, you're not suddenly going to do up your kitchen, are you? Mm. Right. And mm. that's that's the that's the logic that Golden Sullivan could have had. Why were we going to sell? Well, sorry. Why are we going to buy a top striker when we're going to sell the club in a few months' time? Yeah, exactly. And again, what is a concern is, you know, you're saying you want to see more from the people at the top, but one of them's Philip Beard, who has a football record that is quite poor. That's a concern. Yeah, okay. so he, He's done some he, great stuff with the O2, but, you know, how much does that transpire into the stadium? Maybe quite a lot. I don't know. Maybe we're overlooking it. But his time at QPR, I think, was terrible, especially when you look at the fines that, that the club got on the back of mismanagement, you know? Yeah, and he's not the financial person behind it either he's just the sort of well, it's exactly yeah but the, apparently that Naseeb is and well, uh, what a fucking 
car crash that was when he came out. You know, yeah. we, we basically found out that he couldn't go to a West Ham game because of the tickets out. So whatever the fuck that means, I don't know. Um, and West Ham have never been able to fill the bowling ground. I mean, it's funny, you know, you see on Twitter, you see that little meme of Ant and Deck uh, on a wind up and they say, <laughs> yeah. now tell them they couldn't fill Upton Park. You <laughs> yeah. know? It's so true because yeah. it's almost like someone's writing it for a wind up. It's like, what, yeah. what, what can you say? to lose as much credibility as possible whilst pissing West Ham fans off. But, mate, this is what I said on the podcast last week. How hard would it be to get that right? I mean, <laughs> I seriously, I like if I, I was to sit down now and think, right, mate, but I could almost do it for a podcast, for a joke. Like if I if I was to sit down now and write out my own interview about how, why I want to be West Ham's owners, the first thing I'm going to say is, you know, yeah, born, born in East London, dad was a West Ham fan, granddad was a West Ham fan, I had no choice really. Seems to get hold of 32 years, been home and away uh, most seasons, you know, like absolutely diehard West Ham fan. There you go, job done. Loved Upton Park. The atmosphere was amazing. How many magical nights we had there. Got to recreate that at the London Stadium and make that. Point two, you know, you see, you say this and then you say, like, you know, we need to get. Spot on, so we need to improve our scouting network and identify the best players to play for West Ham that want to wear this like this iconic badge of ours. There you go, point three. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Yeah. And he couldn't even do that. Yeah, I know. It's been embarrassing so far. And yeah. I, I just don't think it does him any favours when West Ham are doing so well as no, well. No, I think I, this seems a bit of a nuisance. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you don't want to excuse, ever excuse you. Know, I mean, as I, as I was walking to the ground yesterday, actually, I should admit to this, I'm actually wearing the same shorts as I wore yesterday. So let's check if it's still in my pocket, <laughs> still in my pocket or not. Um, I got given a flyer from, and I was going to read it. Um, I uh, never did. <laughs> um, oh, there, yeah, now I've dropped it. But I got given a, given a flyer. No disrespect to you guys, but I did actually intend to read it from Hammers United um, as I was walking to the ground. So they're still, you know, pursuing their, their campaign. And at the end of the day, if GSB aren't going to go in the next season, like, you know, I don't, I'm not saying give up the ghost because I, I think like we need to still sort of, if we want better, we've got to aim for better, but I almost want to just concentrate on another good season. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed yesterday so much. If we're going to get a repeat of that, you know, 20 times, 25 times this year, and mm. do we want all this crap we take overs and mm. stuff well, I don't know I mean if they could come in and prove to me they're right for the club then yes but I just don't feel that at the moment no same so keen to see how the uh, developments unfold and apparently we um, could be getting another announcement this week but I don't know how seriously people are taking this now to be honest and I can understand why okay um, right we don't have time to talk about the West End Way Premier League predictions competition, unfortunately. <laughs> Do you know what? I, the, the, <laughs> I was actually—I was just, just going to keep quiet. I was just going to see if you would actually mention it. You know? and I was going—I was going to save it for my section. If you didn't, I, <laughs> I bet you fucking won. And, and the funny thing was, last night I—I ummed and ard like I—I I took a, a screenshot of the league table. It was in the Premier League table, and I took a screenshot of our our little league that we're in. I almost posted the league tables that matter. And I almost <laughs> almost posted it. But because I wanted to see how you'd handle it today, I didn't. But uh, yeah, well, mate, well, what can I say? Now that football is predictable again, look what's happened. As it was last week when you lost. Uh, no, that was just like, because, you know, first game of the season, you never quite know what's going to happen because, you know, Brentford beat Arsenal, you know, it's not predictable first half of the season, but it's now that it is that, you know, glad that normality is restored. How how long till you don't like this game and don't want to play anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because I've never experienced not winning this game, so I can't answer your question. Well, to be fair, mate, actually, if you include the last <laughs> few weeks of the last season when you stopped which playing, we're not. Then we which we're not, which we agreed that we would stop playing. But, but if you did, and I I've actually got, wasn't playing. But if you did, uh, out of those last two weeks, I got about 300, 400 points. So yeah, but I could have got three, 400. You don't know. You wouldn't have. Because you, How do you know? I was the better player last season. You, predict, don't you, you predict weirdly, and for once, it's actually <laughs> normal. weirdly? And, 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 <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I don't know. It gets well, I use a crystal ball with a fucking <laughs> Mystic Meg fucking syrup no, on it. No, I think, I think knowing you and the, and the busy man you are, I think it's more like, right, what's this? <laughs> Arsenal, Brentford, are no one. 
final. <laughs> lost this one. Newcastle West Ham. Let's go two one on that one. Oh, four three five. You know, I think it's like that really. Do you but, know what though? I, I'm fucking fuming actually because I was. Do you know how many games I was actually a goal out? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, to be fair, though, mate, I was on a couple. I actually thought I was going to seriously smash it this week. Like, I, I had pretty much every game I had the right score at some point. Like, you know, and it changed. Yeah, like, same. Like, so, well, look, I've got it here, right? Just humour me for a minute. I went for a 2-1 win, uh, Chelsea-Arsenal. It was 2-0. I went for a 2-1 win for Tottenham and they won 1-0. I went for a Brighton 2-0 win over Watford. They won 2-1. I went for an Aston Villa 2-1 win over Newcastle. It was 2-0. Fucking hell. I went for a, a, a 3-0 win for Liverpool over Burnley. It was 2-0. I had fucking about five games there. Than where I was yeah. one go out. So oh, it was very that's... similar though, mate. Very similar. And I, I, I think I, I think I almost identical because every week, every on those fixtures, I looked for. Oh God, he's got the same score as me. Because so when you're when you're behind, you don't want the other person to have the same score as you because you know that's another yeah. game you can't catch them on. So I remember looking at him. Oh, he's got the same score as me on that one. Oh, he's got the same score as me. So I don't think without being some sort of crushing there, I don't think it all <laughs> have made that much difference. Like what I what I got. Was that I got two spot on, and one of them I got spot on was a two all. Well, was the um, was it Leeds Everton? Was that two all? Yeah, I think it was that one, and that and that gets you loads of points if you get a a, a strange score. Mate, this is how lucky I was. What was the Man City score? Five nil, was it? Yeah. I went 4-0 Man City. Yeah, so if I'd put 5-0, I would have got a load of points for that as well. It's a a a rare score type thing. And what also helped as well is I got the first goal-scoring team, which was Man City. And obviously, I obviously got West Ham to win as well, which West Ham games are worth more points than um, non-West Ham games. So, yeah, I'm about, what is it, 60, 70 points ahead of you? 40. I think 40. it's about 48, something like that. 48, oh, man, yeah. it's, it's, it's one prediction away from it all changing, mate. So don't get too cocky. No, no, I'm not getting too cocky, but I've got to enjoy it. I've got to enjoy it. Well, at last, mate, these these <laughs> moments where I've been ahead of you in the league table have not came around very often. So I do have to milk it. And I'm just I'm just curious to know how many weeks it'll be before suddenly prediction league shit and you're not doing it anymore. <laughs> no, mate, that's not no, but this is a good game. It's not gonna the the the, the fantasy fucking team is, is shit I'd ne- but I said that to you before before I ever started playing it I said I really don't want to do this I don't like it this prediction league it's quick it's easy um, and I'm all over that but to be fair to you mate it, all jokes aside you did have a very good weekend I think you bagged yourself 228 points which takes you to 101st in the league Whereas I'm now 163rd on 248 points. So I can't do the maths on that, but it is about 50 points, I think, difference. Um, but listen, mate, I suppose every dog has its day and this is yours. What yeah. can you say? Well, it was it was a weekend of dreams, really. I'm not going to lie. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's been for you, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it has, mate. I'm not going to lie to you because uh, let's, let's just give you a picture. Um, so I was on a holiday. So I had a great holiday. Friday was great. Um, yeah. Can't really remember what we did, but it was great. I know Saturday I was, I was still on holiday. I actually won £200 through betting. Um, did you? Doing that, make that accumulator strategy. That I don't know if we can talk about this. Obviously, I don't want to encourage gambling like financially on the show, but um, it it works. You know, I showed you that strategy I've got, mate. It came in again, and then I did one on Sunday, and I was one result out of seven away again. Blimey. So it's it's so close. You know, so I won two hundred quid on Saturday. Sunday came back, um, and obviously I, I knew the predicting league was going well. Monday was my daughter's birthday. Um, got um her a couple of really cool messages from a few people at the club and stuff, which was really sweet. And she had a great day. Then West Ham beat Leicester, and then to top it all off, the the fancy league, uh, not fancy league, sorry, the predictions league. So uh, yeah, happy. Is, days. It, is that why you haven't changed your shorts? Because they're lucky pants for you now. Mate, I think I'm never going to change them. I've got the same pants on, same shorts on. <laughs> So socks, <laughs> they're never going to change until West Ham lose or I lose the prediction, mate. <laughs> oh, so that'll be next week then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it's time to see what's what. To 
listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way Podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Some people don't understand why you've already busted out the sweaters. They may raise a brow at keeping scarecrows out year-round, but you just go ahead. Let them stare, because you eat, sleep, and drink pumpkin at Dunkin'. So sip your classic spiced and iced $3 medium pumpkin spice signature latte, or try the Bold Pumpkin Cream Cold Brew, an ultra-smooth brew topped with pumpkin cream cold foam. Also $3 for a medium. All so you can fall harder. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished a new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows, so you can do this. And this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.